Hello and welcome to Millimeters to Consume Before You Die. I'm Dave. And I'm Calvin. And we will be talking about random things that we've uh, watched, read, or listened to this week. I don't read things. Okay, and then we uh, elevator pitch them to each other. And based on the quality of those elevator pitches, we put them on the list of a million. And I'm thinking, you know, like, how long are these elevator rides that we're on where yeah. we're pitching these things? It just... Sometimes it's like two hours. It's like, we where like the get, hell we get, are we, we going? We get trapped in an elevator. Yeah. It's, it's like, like that movie, Elevator. Is that, devil. Oh, is that what it's where called? Where the toast always falls down on the jam side down when the devil's around. Is that what happens? Yes. Okay. Fun stuff. I have a few things to talk about and you have two things to talk about yes. i don't i haven't counted how many things so. unless i unless i put that book on there but let's not anyways though let's not and say that we did if anyone asks okay <laughs> you spent so much time thinking about what you could do you never stop to think if you should jurassic park right i feel like somebody who says that i don't remember I feel like I'm referencing like a parody of something that someone said that, but I can't remember what it is. Anyways, I watched a anime recently called Kobayashi Sanchi no Mei Dragon, also known as in the English, I guess, title. It's called Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. So Is that a direct translation? Uh, that's pretty much a direct translation, yeah. Pretty much, yes. Directed by Yasuhiro Takinoto. All right. I don't know how I wrote it down. All right. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, and he, this guy's directed works for um, Kyoto Animation, such as Lucky Star, Amagi Brilliant Park. I think Hyoka is also one of them. It's composed by Masumi Ito, who's done Magical Nyan Tart, Decapo, the first and second seasons, and Kanan. Conan? <laughs> no. The Barbarian. It's C A N A. A-N. Canon. No, that's, that's different. All right. Can, this is, can. No. All right. Anyways, so this is a work that's in the genres of uh, comedy and Yuri, where it's about an office worker who takes in a dragon that uh, dresses up as a maid. Very, and in this realm, dragons are the ultimate magical beings. They, they know all the magic stuff, so they can transform into human-sized People. Is it the last dragon? No. You killed all of us. No. I'm the last. No, it's not. Anyways, then it goes on their, I guess, misadventures. What, because they're women? No, mostly because they don't go anywhere outside of the city. So, it's not really well, an adventure. But our misadventures are, like, not adventures, like... Bad stuff happens, right? Oh. Like, I keep falling all over the place. I'm having misadventures. I'm lost in New York. No. Uh, I was left here. I thought I thought adventures were just, like, you traversing, like, across, like, something. And misadventure is just, like, something that's similar to that, but it's not really traveling. With no sense of, like, actual travel. That's, that's how I've interpreted it, though. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually the case. I could be actually wrong. So, yes. What about the word infamy? What do you what do you think about that? Infamy? That's uh 
This said an unfortunate incident, a mishap. Like a mishap. That's how I'd say it. Say it. Okay. A bunch mishap. of mishaps. Bunch shenanigans. Of... Do they get into shenanigans? They do get into shenanigans, but it's Because not... I'd imagine a dragon. It's like, what? Imagine dragons. Okay, anyways. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of it is about, like, dragons just coming in and being like, oh, you humans are weird with your whatever, and... Yep. Just... Um, quick question. Yes. Do they get trained? No. Kind of no. <laughs> no. Here here be dragons? Does no. that does that mean anything? No. Alright. Well what happens is that uh Wait, so how big are these dragons? Uh so they're like big dragons and then they cast like a magic spell and then they turn into humans. So are they like a big sort of snake-like dragon, or are they like a Charizard dragon, or like uh, some of them are snake-like, some of them are Charizard. Then there's like a variety of them. Dra Dragonair, Dragonite. What's the other one? Okay, whatever. And all well, the the point is that they're they're like the ultimate magecraft type of beings. They are able to do all of the magics, and that's why they know how to turn into. They, uh, random things. It's all. It's almost always relative to like their age, though. So, like, they turn into things their own age, or like they turn that they're better at turning into things if they're older. Uh, so um, what I mean is that like if they're if they're like an uh, an adult dragon, then they turn into like mm -hmm. an adult person. Is what I mean, or like if but it's could, a kid dragon. Could they turn into a kid if they like wanted to? And is it just like their it doesn't basic seem, form, or it doesn't seem to be that way? So I don't think so. Anyway. So say they're like 40 years old, like they couldn't turn into a dog then because there are no 40-year-old dogs. No, it's it's not like that kind of a time. It's more or like, like dog years. Yeah, it's more like dog years. It's like, it's like, oh, this is the adult time of dragon, which is centuries long. It's not like they're going to be really old. It's just that they're just going to be an adult in human form or in whatever form. All they, they can take. turn into is trees because trees live forever. Okay. In any case, though... Um, Yes. All right. <laughs> so it's a pretty much like a comedy. Like there's this one point in which they, in which uh, there are other dragons that are introduced later on in the show, and one of them is called Kana, and her name, or sorry, uh, and she's a, uh, and she's like a kid dragon, and they and they try to register her into like an elementary school, and this is very specifically in the manga though so it doesn't really happen in the show but uh in the manga it's it's like well we can't really have her go to school because there's no registry of her she's like she doesn't have like a social security or whatever that's what i was thinking i like, was gonna say that like as a <laughs> well she doesn't have a social security or whatever and it's like oh you mean like this and then like the maid dragon basically magicked the documents into existence and it's just like oh you mean this well she would also need like this other like information about her like about her family and birth it's like oh so you mean like this <laughs> and, then, and then just like oh okay i guess that's convenient <laughs> yeah so do people know that like does no. everyone know dragons it's, exist it's uh it's our world and then like what happens is that the dragons made a portal and they escaped into our world and they just like are like not supposed to wreak havoc here so they don't do anything particularly disastrous it winds up like 
there's I think five dragons total in this I think and they all each wind up having their own uh their own human partner like that they usually hang out with the main character is an office lady and like she works uh, with computer code and she winds up taking in a maid who is a dragon and then Kana which is effectively her daughter at this point because they just accepted her into the apartment complex and then she gets a human companion through like elementary school or primary school depending on where you live and then uh there's a another dragon that's um that dresses up as like a butler and he hangs out with his gaming nerd and he likes video games weird it's sort of like a tech servant pair-up kind of thing going yeah on. yeah old old world meets new world mm, sure downton abbey oh and meets then hackers and then there's a uh, one that dresses in a very provocative way and she is paired up with this little boy who accidentally summoned her because he is like a part of a family of magicians And it's like a sexy woman with a little boy who doesn't want anything to do with it. Well, I would hope she doesn't want anything to do with it either. Do I have to, do I have to call somebody? Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. I think she kind of makes passes on him. Maybe? I don't know. I don't I don't quite understand. I don't know if she like does it intentionally or not is the thing. Not quite sure. It's, I don't... Is she like a sexy dragon as well? Like is it... Oh, the dragon... Like, part is not... None of them are particularly... You don't find any of them attractive? Well, what I'm saying is that, like... Or you never see them, even? Well, like, you see them quite a bit, but, like, it's not anything... It's not, like, a big deal. Can't... They didn't sexualize a dragon part of them, is is all. (laughs) Sounds like a missed opportunity, if you ask me. Uh, Okay. Well, let's... I mean, should we look up on, like, DeviantArt and see what's going on with that? No, let's not. <laughs> let's really not. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, I think it's a fun little thing about two kinds of people trying to understand each other. Oh, and the, the maid dragon is also in love with the office lady, so it's a girl and girl type of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. <laughs> it's really a girl and dragon kind of thing. It's really... yeah. But, like, it's a girl and girl dragon. The child pairing is also kind of like that, where the uh, human is basically in love with the... has a crush on the uh, kid dragon, and she she doesn't know that the kid is a dragon, but every time they touch, she freaks out, and she's like, no! Nah. <laughs> they just took... They just talk about, uh, you know, like, differences in their, like, culture and their lifespans. And the ultimate message of it, I think, is uh, basically, you know, treasure the present, live in the now. It's really that, you know, long distance relationships are difficult. Oh my gosh, you are really, really. <laughs> that's, that's, we're past that. Have <laughs> you heard of, a, it's a game called, uh, like, Hatoful Boyfriend? Why? Okay. With yeah, birds? I, I do know what you're talking about. This is about. sort of reminding me of that, is what it is. Well, they can change into humans human beings rather than those just being pictures of birds <laughs> every birdie's here it's so dumb 
But I looked in. It's like it's like a weird game. There's like a like a serial killer in yes, it. Yes, there is a serial and killer. And a ghost. There's a serial <laughs> and killer a and a ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird game. I haven't played it myself, but I do know I watched, the weird. I watched a Twitch stream because the guy was doing a 24 hour stream, and that was his last. That was the last game he was playing with somebody. Okay. Like the last hour. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. But yeah. It's uh, what was it? It's written. It's based on a manga by Cool Kyoshinja, the uh, author of which has a very distinct uh, art style. It's very. I don't know. I don't know how else to say. It's very basic. Basic in a way that is you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like it does. It doesn't bother you that it's like oh, it's very simplistic. Now it's just it's all right. It's relaxing in a way. That person also works on other types of manga, uh, or other manga out there, like Mononoke Sharing and other things. So, my first thing I'm going to talk about yeah. is a film, a little film, mm-hmm. a comedy film. Okay. From 2016, stars Melissa McCarthy. Uh, is it Chris- called, like, Truck or something Kristen like that? Kristen Bell, Peter Dinklage... And uh, the guy from Speechless, that show. Um, okay. Among others. Oh, and Kathy Bates. Okay. And I believe it was directed by Ben Falcone. Falcone? That's okay. Melissa McCarthy's husband. He directs some of her movies. Like, it wasn't Paul Feig. I know that. And it's not called Ghostbusters? No. See, because Paul, Paul Feig directed that. Okay. Wasn't it? Wasn't she in a movie called Truckers or something like that? Truckers? Yeah. I don't think so. Are you thinking of Monster Trucks? No. Just like maybe it's maybe that hasn't come out yet. Isn't she like a truck? Or no, she's not. She's a trucker, right? And she. Mm, I don't know. I've never heard of it. All right. It's like she's a southern person, I think. Hmm. I don't know. Are you thinking of Spy, where she's a spy? No. I'm sure it exists. Yeah, whatever. I never well, seen Well, now, now you've got me... I've I never seen the movie, so... The Heat? Are you thinking of the, where she's a cop? No, she's... Tammy, where she's just like a terrible person? Oh, yeah, that, that thing. Isn't she a trucker in that? I don't think so. I think she like goes on like a road trip, though. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what that's, I think that's what I was thinking of, right? Apparently she cameos in Central Intelligence, that the Kevin Hart, The Rock movie. Interesting. Well, this movie is called The Boss, and she's the boss. Sort of a Martha Stewart type, kind of big wig. Well, not big wig, that's not really. And she's uh, just sort of like a CEO, businesswoman type, and she has like her own, like she has like a book and like a seminar you can take and like learn how to be good at business. But then she gets arrested for, I don't know, like insider trading or something. Uh, I think I'm starting to remember what this is about. Yeah. And, she, and she wears like all like turtlenecks. Doesn't she like do something with the Girl Scouts or something like that? Yes. Okay. So then after she gets out, you know, she doesn't have any money. So she goes and she stays with her uh, former assistant, Kristen Bell, and Kristen Bell's daughter, who's in the, I don't know, I think it's like the Ladybugs or something or some sort of 
Girl Scouts. Yeah. Simile. Okay. Simile. Thereof. Um, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to make my own version of this and then make money out of it. And okay. then I'll make, and then the girls can have some money. Because, you know, and the ladybugs, they don't, like, all of it goes to, you know, random crap. And they don't get anything out of selling cookies. Okay. And then it's Kristen Bell's brownies that they're making. Because she has a good, like, family recipe. Okay. And then it's sort of, and it's, and you know, it's, it's a comedy. You know, it's a Melissa McCarthy comedy. And it's about her learning to be not a dick. Yeah. Because, see, because she was an orphan. And, like, there aren't orphanages anymore, right, in the United States? Like, I think it's just all, like, foster stuff. Oh. Like, there's no, like, you, you don't get sent to, like, an orphanage. Oh, I think, well. right? Well, I'm pretty sure in the United, like in the United States anyway. But what about isn't. like Mike? Is that is that an orphanage? Uh, it's probably. If it is, it's probably just like fake. It's like because I'm pretty sure I remember like knowing like there aren't there's there are no orphanages anymore. Uh, okay, because I interpreted like or not like Mike, but um, I interpreted orphanages as uh, as foster homes basically. So or what what. What are foster homes again? Or they're, this says, uh, they're simply called group homes. So, like, they're not called orphanages. They're called group homes. But they're, you know, basically. But I don't like, there's not, like, big, like, buildings run by nuns. Okay, right. And this is what it is, right? She's in some sort of, like, Catholic orphanage. Right. And then she keeps getting adopted, and they keep sending her back because <laughs> they don't like her. Right. So then, you know, so she has to be hard and tough. And then she doesn't need anybody but herself. Okay. And she's got to learn to, you know, be a family with with uh, with Kristen Bell and, and her daughter. And not exploit Kristen Bell's... But, thing. I mean, but they still have the business. And the business is successful. And, oh. you know, so they're just kind of partners. Would, I thought that would become, like, a thing where, like... Like, yeah, it's, like, not, like, pro Girl Scouts or anything. It's, like, no, maybe you should start, like, paying the Girl Scouts. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, like, I thought it was going to become a thing where it's... Where it's like, you're just, you, you think that you can do, like, this stuff without me, but you can't. Or something like well, that. Well, that's the whole misunderstanding is, like, she thinks that Kristen Bell's gonna, like, betray her, so then she betrays her first. <laughs> but Kristen Bell was never gonna betray her in the first place. Uh, okay. And then it gets really weird at the end, because they have to go and steal, like, a contract, like, to destroy it. Okay. From Peter Dinklage. Like, he's, like, her... Former lover slash, like, business rival, and he wants to destroy her. Okay. And he's, like, really weird. It's him and Zach Woods. All right. Like, that actor, he's been on, like, the... He was in Ghost... He was the guy in the beginning of Ghostbusters. Oh, you mean the office guy? Yeah, that guy. Okay. Like, and he's his, his assistant, and they're, like, weird. <laughs> okay. And he, like... Like... Like, he doesn't... He, like, serves a milk in a scene, like, because he tries the brownie, but then, like, he holds the glass of milk... And gives it to him. He's like, "No, I'm going to do it myself." And he's like, "Are you sure? Like, it's, it could be dangerous." <laughs> okay. And then he's weird, like kind of weirdly like sexual and stuff. And then they have a weird. And then there's like a like a sword fight at the end. It's and it's fun. Okay. Sorry, but it's funny. Like if you're just gonna watch it. Anything interesting to say? No. Is it? Is it one of those, like, what was it? I mean, it's a studio comedy. Yeah, yeah, is it one of those studio comedies? Like, what was it? 
Christmas party or whatever it's called. Office Christmas party. Right. Or well, it, like Sucker Punch. Yeah. Or no, Fist Fight. Sucker Punch is the Zack Snyder movie. That's terrible, yes. Horrible bosses. Yeah. We're the Millers. Yeah, just like all these... Any of the na- the Neighbors movies. Yeah. Or the Hangovers, like any of those. Are all... Yeah, just like all those studio... But I mean, there's always been like... Well, in the 90s, it was oh, no. always... It was Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, oh, no, Jim no. Carrey. It's not like I'm saying that, like... That uh, it's only existed Like, now. I wonder... No, like... I'm just saying that, like, studio comedies aren't really that funny. Mm-hmm. Like, the longer that, like, you look back on it, it's just like... Oh, but, like, I wonder... <laughs> I think some of them probably will sort of last. Just, like... I mean, there are, like, movies from, like, the 80s, like, Ghostbusters or, like, Caddyshack, and... People still, like... I feel like people have a fondness for them, but then if you show someone who was born in, like, 2000 Caddyshack, they'll be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... Mm. Like, they're just kind of destined not to hold up, really. Yeah, pretty much. Like, The Big Lebowski is still funny, but that's not really a typical comedy. Oh, yeah, it's not a a studio comedy type of thing. I guess Monty Python is still funny, I'd say. Yep. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, still a wonderful film. I I didn't see that one. Um... But Melissa McCarthy, I I think she's funny. I'm a fan. I don't know if I've ever... I mean, she, like, she was very miscast Ghostbusters, but... Well, no, it's uh, it's it's more like I just don't... And some and some of them are, like, bad. Like, some of the movies are bad. Right. But like, I, I just think she's funny. Yeah, it's just that I haven't watched anything with her in it. Like, have you seen her, um, Spicer? Yeah, well, no, I haven't actually seen that, but I, I've heard of it. I haven't actually watched it, but uh, yeah. It's pretty funny. I saw the, uh, what was it, SNL, um, what was it, the Louis C.K. like opening monologue. Which yeah, was, like, I didn't watch that. Which was, like, Junk. which was like a thing, which became a thing. And it was like... For me, I just I saw it and I was just thinking, oh, that's not really funny. He just he just made some really weird jokes and it was like, oh, okay. See, so you've come over to my side now. Well, no, 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 no. I I like the show. Louis like C.K. Well, what show? What's he hasn't done it in two years? What? What? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. But um, there's also uh, what was it called? Other uh, ah. I don't remember, but oh, there's also that controversy about like that that uh, clown bits, the clown sketch that they did in SNL. Clown sketch. Yeah, so it's like uh, it's a sketch that has to do with the clown, and apparently has a lot of similarities to uh, to another comedian's. Uh, I feel like short film about that sort of about a clown regularly. Yeah, SNL, right. And now, as again, there's a bit of an issue with it right now. So yeah, and you know, and I guess it's bad, but at the same time, it's like, like if it is super similar, they should probably give that guy like some money. But other than that, it's sort of like yeah, I don't really care. Like artistically right. speaking, it's like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get that. Right. I thought you were gonna say like 
clowns were up in arms about it or something. Like no. Thought it was offensive. No. It's... Like how they were up in arms with all the creepy clowns. They're like, that's not how we want clowns to be represented in society. Creepy? Oh, okay. You mean the ones where they started assaulting people or something? But that, that never... No one was actually ever assaulted by a clown. It was mostly just mass hysteria, right? Uh, okay, I was just I was wondering if that was actually a thing. Because that's always a th- that like comes up every couple like decades. It'll right. be like phantom clowns. Yeah, I I kind of like that. It's always like they're always out in the woods trying to get children to come to the woods with them or something. <laughs> what was it now? And now it's coming out. Was it all just oh. guerrilla marketing oh. for it? Oh. Which yeah. is only part one, you know. Oh. There could be a part two oh, no. if it's successful. Oh. It's only the kit. Well, because it is actually split into two parts, though. That, like, actually makes sense. Oh, is it? There's the kids and then the adults. Okay. Like, that's actually the one time it actually makes sense to split, like, a 2,000-page book into two movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Sounds fun. But yeah, what were we on? The boss. Okay, yeah, and anything else? Here's some good jokes. I don't really remember what they are, but I remember laughing. Alright. And isn't that good? Because then I could watch it again maybe sometime and laugh again, because it completely, you know, not stuck with me at all. Alright. Yeah. And I watched it with... uh, some people so that's always i think that's the best way to watch like a comedy and a lot of times like horror films yeah or i think particularly like horror comedies comedies yeah (laughs) yeah like the visit would not have been nearly as good without an audience so like if it's on tv or like on a plane maybe, maybe you'll watch it i don't know all right sure i wouldn't go out of my way to see it like, it was just sort of, I was there, and it was put on. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. But it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. I will... Sort of, like, on the spy level. I watched... I saw that one, too. That was funny. So, I also saw a movie. And a it's... film? Yeah, film. In the, in, in the cinema, or... Oh, um, no, just that, uh... Did you ever get around to watch, like, going to see movies like you were gonna? Uh, maybe. Oh, well, I did see Get Out, so. Oh, are we gonna replace yeah. it? No. No. What'd like, you, well, what'd you think of it? Just it's already quick. placed on there, so, yeah. But quick... is, it, is it placed well? Would it, you agree with the plate, wherever the placing may be? It's placed well, and I, I like the, the twist of it all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very fun type of twist. Right? And I didn't spoil it or anything, right? No. I think I didn't because you said you were going to see it. No, you didn't. Uh, so I... should we spoil it now? No, it's fine. Um, so yeah, anyways, another movie that I watched was John Wick. Not number two. But uh, yeah, this is a, a film directed by Chad Stahelski. All right. And composed by Tyler Bates and Joel J. Richard. Like the early work. What? That's, I think, another podcast did that. That was, they'd say, they just say, like, the name of a random person, and they'd always say, I like the early work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like the early work. Yeah, it's like an action movie. A lot of, uh, 
well, gunfights and kung fu gunfights. I know kung fu. Like gun fu, whatever. And then, uh... John Woo? Uh, kung fu? Yeah, whatever. Uh, I was... Are there any doves in it? <laughs> no? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there's been that in a movie since Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. And that's the one that he directed, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does he still direct? Is he, like, back in... Oh, he's doing a few, like, Chinese films. Uh, last one was, um, that I remember watching was, uh, what was it? Red Cliff? Which is a Three Kingdoms story, or, uh, film. Yeah, I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah. It wasn't all that great, because they used a, a lot of CG in it. Okay, so, yeah, I, I think I like this movie. It's, like, fun. There's a lot of action to it. It's beautifully shot. Do you want to see the next one? Did it make you want to see the second one? I did, it did, because I was really interested in seeing like what they would do in the sequel. And be like, what what's gonna happen? See, it's just this time of year, I can't get myself to see a movie, especially because I'm like, well, it's just it's gonna be out on DVD in a couple months. Yeah. I can always add it to the list later. <laughs> yeah. Uh Yep. It's about a dude whose car gets stolen and his dog gets uh, killed. And he's going on a path of vengeance because of that. Then Adrian Palicki's in it, right? Which one is that? She's on Agents. She was on Agents of Shield, and she's from Toledo. She went to Whitmer High School. Oh, there is a woman that's prominently in it, yes. But I don't know if it's Adrian. Whatever. I'm pretty sure she's in it. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking of what's-her-face from Heroes. Natalie Larder. Right. Yeah, and it's and we dive into this world of assassins and intrigue. Like in mobs and stuff. It's really an interesting world that they set up. Because it's like... What are these gold coins? Um, they actually use uh, subtitles. We've talked about this in a previous uh, episode, but there there are times when they speak in a different language, and the subtitles are like implemented rather creatively. I think it doesn't show up just as bottom text; it's just like a part of the scene too. Is it Russian? Is that they're speaking? Yes. Yes, it's Russian. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. And also, like, the main character, I really like how he... How he's not infallible. I thought he was. Like, isn't he just basically unstoppable? Well, he does get to his mark, but... And everybody's like, oh my god, it's John Wick! John Wick! Yeah, but it's it's but you can clearly tell that he's struggling like throughout the entire like film that he's like he's just barely like getting like the mark. Like sometimes it's just like boom boom headshot headshot and whatever, but sometimes it's just like oh, I fucked up here and oh my god, I'm going to have to like fix this. And and it takes a bit. And he's just like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Blah blah. Yeah. All right, now 
having seen this, what do you think of Keanu Reeves for uh, Kiritsugu Emiya? Have you seen it? What? Th- this movie? No. Okay. Um, Keanu Reeves is Kiritsugu. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He does sort of have that monotone yeah, he does woodenness have, to him. He does have the monotoneness down, but like... I bet he looks great smoking a cigarette. I think... I think... There's not... I don't know. There's not exactly that sense of despair that I ever get from him. I mean, don't his... His eyes are pretty dead, aren't they? <laughs> no, like, I... I when we talked about it previously, that was it, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Like, I think, I think that he could fall off like the dead eyes look, but I don't know. Ugh, Mark Ruffalo. I think I'm back to not liking him. Really? Okay. Unless I remember why I went back on to liking him again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's. I don't think it's a role that he would fit perfectly, or like, it's not a role that I would think he would fit in. So not exactly perfectly, but never really a thing that I would be needed to be said but yeah. I think if that were if there ever were to be a movie like he would be who would star in it because for some reason it's he's like the most Asian white actor working in Hollywood <laughs> yeah I guess so because he does do the kung fu stuff and there was that one, what was it, the 47 Ronin? Mm-hmm. And he was like the, you are the half-breed. And it was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit. Or Tom Cruise does it and they just rename it Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's true. This... I like the choreography. The action choreography was really good. Just like, where where like person moves from place to place and it's like done in generally a lot of them are single takes so or one shots so it's pretty cool there's like open wide shots too so it's like you move from one side of the screen to the next and so are action movies better than they've ever been what do you mean like i don't know i'm just thinking like that there's been things like the raid and mad max fury road i haven't seen that one john what you haven't seen mad max no I've seen the raid though. You should see Mad Max. I, I'm I'm really interested in doing it, but uh, yeah, I just haven't gotten to that point. So. But I mean, you have to see the first three first, though. Really, with Mel Gibson? Well, you can skip the first one because it's super boring. What about Thunderdome? Well, that one's fun, and there's like he has like a bunch of kids in it that he hangs out. With. <laughs> I, is, aren't they all just one-off stories and you can start anywhere? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. And the Road Warrior, if you like wrestling, there's a lot of stuff that wrestling was inspired by from the Road Warrior. Oh, like the... Uh... Like the tag team, the Road Warriors. <laughs> okay. Or Lord Humongous. And the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. That's what Chris Jericho calls himself, and that's from that movie. Okay, good to know. Good to know. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, th- I like this movie a lot. I think uh, Willem Dafoe was really cool in the film. There's a lot of like interesting uh, actors that were a part of this project. Yeah. 
Yeah, like Kevin Nash as the the Russian uh, bouncer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he shows he shows up in one scene. Adrian Palicki is the person from Toledo. <laughs> okay, and it's not. She is in it. Okay. See, let me see. It's the I lady. It it's the right lady, right? Her. Yeah, it's the lady. Yeah, yeah. There's only one woman in the film. Really? Yeah. Well, besides the one that is his wife. My wife. Is she like in flashbacks? Um, it was like, you know how like the uh, what was it called? Um, up. Oh, like a montage. Yeah. If you don't cry in the first ten minutes of John Wick. You're not even a human being. Yeah. So yeah, they they did the the whole up montage thing in the beginning, and then she, yeah, and then and then the main plot actually starts. Yes. So yeah, that's the thing. Interesting. So how many how many things do you have left? One more thing, right? Right. Good. So it works out. Cause I have one more thing. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> So, recently, the second season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow wrapped up. Okay. Now, this is the third show in the in the CW... That we're putting on the list? ...universe. Well, I don't... I think there's only Supergirls on the list, right? Wasn't the... What was it? Frequency? Well, that's... The... But that's not part of the universe. Oh, it's okay. its own little thing. Right, right. Okay. And that won't, won't be coming back. Okay. The lead actress, she's already in another pilot. It's, which is probably good because I think I said in that episode, like I don't think I can handle another season of that. It's too, <laughs> right? It's too real. It's too real. <laughs> okay. All right. Go on. Legends of Tomorrow is uh, kind of a superhero team-up show. Of D-list superheroes, right? I mean, is the Adam a D-list superhero? He's like a founding member of the Justice League. Okay. Is the is the reverse Flash a D-list villain? He's Barry Allen's nemesis. Does he show up in? He's part of the Legion of Doom. See, because the first season was all about they're trying to stop Vandal Savage, and even like the creators were like he came out and said like, oh, the second season villain is gonna make him look like nothing. It's like, oh well, I'm so glad I watched this the first season then, where <laughs> the bad guy was just so terrible. Mm. And then, you know, and then it had the Hawk, Hawkman and Hawk Girl on the show. And they left because they were not good. So the team is the Adam. <laughs> well, it's Rip Hunter is the captain of the Wave Rider because they're time travelers. It's a okay. time traveling show. Right. And then. Okay. Sure. So the team is this season. Uh, it starts with him, then the Adam, then uh, White Canary. Who's uh, Black Canary's sister? And she was a member of the League of Assassins okay. under Ra's al Ghul. And then uh, Firestorm. So the two halves of Firestorm, like the old scientist and then the young man. Uh -huh. And then Heatwave, McRory. See, because some of them are villains, and by some of them I mean one of them. <laughs> and then uh, I'm probably forgetting somebody. Maybe it'll come to me. And then they have two new members. Uh, uh, Nate. Something. And he's eventually becomes Citizen Steel. And he can turn into Steel. And then uh, 
Amaya, who's a an iteration of Vixen from uh, the 1940s. Okay. And she teams up because uh, they end up they run into the Justice Society of America back in the 40s, and one of their members is murdered by the Reverse Flash for reasons. And then he teams up with uh, Malcolm Merlin, who's uh, Green Arrow's like big villain, mm. and Damian Dark, and eventually oh. a couple other people, and they're all look they're uh, trying to find the Spear of Destiny, which is uh, the uh, spear that was uh, used to kill kill Jesus. Okay, and it has the power to uh, warp reality. To whoever holds it. And they can make reality whatever they want. Okay. And then Rip Hunter had hit all the pieces like throughout time. And then he disappears like at the beginning of the show. Mm. And then so it's sort of they're looking for him and trying to find the pieces of the spear to stop the Legion of Doom. Because, mm. well, because spoiler alert, two of the members are dead Technically, like in the main timeline of the shows. Okay. And they're trying to like stop themselves from being dead. Okay. And then the other one is just kind of down on his luck and wants to change it to out of the Legion of Doom. Okay. And then, but basically it's pretty episodic early on. Like it's usually them just going to a time period. Because, you know, because Albert Einstein, they have to meet for some reason. Because they so do. they run around with Albert Einstein for an episode. And then they go to back to King Arthur's time, and then you know run around Camelot. What? Go back to King Arthur's time? Did they find out that King Arthur is actually a girl? Well, no, but they find out that it was all just made up by another time traveler, and they just made it up. Cause she, but it's weird because it's like that, like the bootstrap paradox where you go back in time and realize that like something doesn't exist. That you had heard about back in time. So then you create it back in time. So it's like, so who really created the thing? Okay. That's a Doctor Who episode. Okay. Okay. And right. then, like, they hang out with uh, J.R. Tolkien, like, in the finale. Because apparently he knows where the blood of Christ is. Okay. <laughs> oh, and they and George Lucas is a character in an episode. Like, the actual? Someone playing George Lucas. Okay. And because two of the members, they're uh, raiders, because one of them's a historian, one of them's a, uh, a scientist. Right. So Star Wars and Indiana Jones heavily influenced them. Right. And then so something happens in time where George Lucas, like, doesn't become a filmmaker. Okay. So then they, like, start losing all their memories because... Okay. They wouldn't have been on the on the on the wave rider without it, so they have right. to go and convince George Lucas to create them. And then, so one of the characters tells him, "You're our only hope," and he's like, "Huh." <laughs> so it's basically, them just like running around history, inspiring all these historical figures to do whatever they're supposed to do. So it's not a superhero show. It's just like a fun time travel show, basically, with some superheroes running around. Oh my god. And it's really good. It's one of the best CW DC seasons. Okay. Like, I'd put it right up there with the first two seasons of Arrow and the first season of The Flash. And, like, that definitely... That's good. Just as good as that season where the Arrow sub turned into a Daredevil sub, right? 
Oh, that was after. Reddit. That was the th- third or fourth season. Sure. See, then the nice era subreddit did that like as an April Fool's Day joke, and it was like a fun little thing, and it wasn't like a shitty, bitchy thing. <laughs> That's why I only subscribed to that one. Was it called the Good Arrow? Or it's just like Arrow CW instead of just Arrow. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it's a fun show, and then, you know, and it's. And the arc, it was a good, the season arc was really good. All right. And sort of weird, like it confirms that like Jesus was, was real, but sort of leaves it mysterious because they do like, like, well, we need the blood of Jesus. It's like, so why don't we just go back in time and get it from Jesus? And he's like, no, we can't do that. Like there are some times in history where you can't, or that are so important that you can't go to it. And it's more just them going like, we couldn't possibly do that or we'd get so much flack from like yeah. every side if we go yeah pretty much i'm just like oh it's weird that they even did like the sphere yeah. of destiny it's I'm so just like, strange well, why would you do it then if you don't want to be associated with it okay like it must be in the comics or something all right all right well that's dumb it's really it's really good okay okay then I don't know. Do they use their superpowers to like convince mm-hmm. George Lucas or something? Or like Probably. Einstein or whatever? I think they just have to like save Einstein. With their superpowers? Yeah, well, because they're fighting other people, like they're fighting a speedster and uh So and two former members of League of Assassins. See, that's the whole thing, is that Damian Dark and so, uh, so there's Malcolm other... Merlin don't really so there's anti... have powers at the moment. So there's anti-time travelers? Or, sorry, there's time travelers that are against them? Well, because the reverse Flash can, like, run through time. Okay. And he leaves ripples for these guys? To yeah, and there's, like, time quakes and time aberrations that uh, they have to go in. All right. But then, because one, uh, Professor Stein, he's the one, one half of Firestorm. Okay. He runs in, like, they have to, like, go back in time to him. Like, they almost do that, like, once a season, where they have to, like, run into him back in time. <laughs> okay. I guess it's sort of because he's, like, older than everybody else. So right. they're, like, still in a time period. Right. And they can get, like, a younger actor to play him. Right. And then, like, he tells his younger self, like, hey, you should appreciate your wife more. Like, you shouldn't always be kind of, like, ditching her for these other things. And then him saying that causes his past self to kind of be more committed to that relationship and then they end up having a daughter that they didn't have before. Right. And then he loses his superpowers or he just doesn't get them. No, or that or he's just kind of worried because their whole rule is like they're trying not to change history. Right. And the whole thing is uh Sarah Lance, she becomes that she's the white canary or like that's what they call her, but she's she's just Sarah Lance. Like most of them are like their names yeah like mick like mick rory they never call him a heat wave and then it's because he just has a fire gun because you know they're more real than that you yeah know? and then they have no reason to wear like costumes like she has like technically has a costume and like so does uh uh it's... the s- steel but like they don't he doesn't need one you know it's He'd, real they just they usually wear like period clothes when they go out they don't it's it's realistic, man. Like they they need to. 
it needs to be more like I don't or know. it's more just it would be convenient or less or, practical for them to be always running around in there or maybe it costs superhero less. outfits but it's not like hers is just an outfit right all right whatever it's not then, well because there's a whole thing because she a loved one of hers is kill was killed by damien dark so she kind of has to deal with like she can't kill him in the past because mm -hmm. then that would change the future too much okay okay and it's good it's a fun time travel show in an age where there's like a million time travel shows now it might be the best really well because all the rest of them are like over and failed what about like timeless time after time frequency making history i think they're all gonna get canceled oh man what about the history channel why don't they do something like that because they only do real history like vikings and aliens they have an aliens what ancient aliens no they, they like i just like before i came here to record with you it was like a thing about aliens like but, a narrative show or a like, documentary it was like a documentary type well they always like yeah like ancient aliens and ufos and or ghosts they, like they, i think though didn't they do like ghosts of gettysburg that scared the crap out of me when i was a kid shouldn't they like i think they should just do more like you know actual shows oh about... are you watching those no no, no one is no people one are is. watching alien shows and no. monster bigfoot quest monster hunters that's what people want that's the history people want it should oh. be called like the folklore channel oh my god that people would watch that well, what, i would watch that well yeah what if, yeah what if they did do like the history like a show where like they just travel back in history and they're like oh man yeah because apparently it's not very marketable because all the other shows are canceled you need to have superheroes on the show for it to get renewed <laughs> okay all right is that it? Yep. Okay. I give it a solid B plus. All right. With a scale where Arrow season four is an F and Arrow season two is an A plus, it gets a B plus. Okay. All right. So I played a game called Near Automata. It's a game for the PlayStation 4 and the, what was it, the PC. And uh, it's directed by Yoko Taro, who's, um, whose other works include uh, the original Nier and the Drakengard franchise, which Nier is kind of like a sub-franchise of. Uh, and... What's interesting about this particular director, not in terms of what he writes about or what he, like, does in his games, it's, it's that he wears this really creepy mask whenever he goes out in public. You can look him up. He has this really creepy mask. <laughs> and it's just like, it's because apparently it's like he feels shy about it or something. So he just wants to draw more attention to himself. Yeah. So He's like, uh, see ya. The singer and she always has like the big wig that covers her face right yeah and uh yeah and this is composed 
by Keiichi Okabe and Keigo Hoashi. It's a really good score because it's uh it's about oh it's like a so it feels like it's world spanning or far reaching. It feels like it goes places is the type of feeling that I get out of it, and I like it a lot. Uh, melodic type of a score that just really works with the game. Uh, it's also made by Platinum Games, the which have done uh, Metal Gear Rising and just uh, that one, just that one, Bayonetta, uh, Devil May Cry. I feel like I've heard of these. Yeah, it's these are like hyper action games where you're like you're trying to get these combos up and you're like trying not to get hit while you're at it. And it's just like it's very stylized combat. Heavily emphasizes uh just like getting more and more hits in and like styling on people. So, yeah. So it's devil may cry. Like, is it the devil might cry? No, or the devil's allowed to cry. No, no. There's like a there's a there's a store, I guess, a cup like that's called Devil May Cry, and it's ran by this guy named Dante, and he has a brother named Virgil. Who is well, not well, technically Virgil was just like his guide and wasn't actually related to him. Oh well, yeah, but this is not really uh, <laughs> it's not really based on that though. It's just taking a few names and then. Uh, yeah, so... What's the woman he's looking for? I don't remember. Oh, uh, uh, Trish. What? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, talking about Dante. Not, the real Dante. Not Dante's Infernal. Right? Okay. Not Dante's Infernal. Just, uh... Yeah, it's like a super action-y game. It's fun. And... Yeah. So the story of this game is that there was an alien invasion... And that almost wiped out humanity. However, humanity was able to uh, make a moon base, basically. And they created these androids, created in their likely... Likeliness? Like... Likeness. Likeness. And they put them onto a, like, a space station that kind of goes in between. That is in between uh, the moon and the Earth. So, while humanity tries to get itself in order the androids will go to earth to uh take down the aliens and the aliens uh have made their own kind of army which are the machines and so it's like an alien or sorry so it's like a androids versus machines type of thing going on and this is thousands of years after that so it's like a Wally type thing. There's only one android left going around. Oh no, no, the watching war, the hello the war, dolly. The war is still going on. The machines and the uh, the machines and the androids. The war between them is still going on. But uh, maybe maybe their purpose has been kind of lost. I would say they they get you know standardized uh, messages from the uh, Council of Humanity on the moon. And they and they don't really go to the moon because you know they they leave them to their own devices, and you know they they're probably doing well up there. Over on Earth, you don't really see any aliens around anymore, and it's really just like machines. So obviously, they they have to be listening to like something, right? Like right. maybe maybe. 
Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Like, you know, just, you know, maybe they also get, like, a message from them that may or may not determine some things. But just, yeah, you get what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yes. And it also reminded me of a Doctor Who episode. Oh, okay. Called The Doctor's Daughter. Right. So, yeah, this, so this is about what it means to be human. Like, one of the central themes of its central questions of this story uh, of this game it's not that oh machines or like things that aren't actually humans have feelings too it's not like that because that that story always doesn't make sense to me because there isn't like a like what's the allegory for in real life yeah like like the only thing would be like it'd be like a weird like slavery yeah (laughs) like that'd be the only like (laughs) slaves have feelings it's like i think yeah. Well, it's not like that. It's it's that what does it take to be human? And is it a mere imitation? Or should it be considered as a human thing? And it reaches to a lot of dark places when it's getting these uh, answers from. Because you do a lot of side quests in this game kind of side stories are going on with your main story there's one time where you're helping a an android couple kind of escape this resistance and like the resistance because like you know if, if you're not helping out then what are you what are you good for and they're escaping and they wind up saying you know what let's just wipe our memories go back and return to like the resistance and then you wipe one of their memories and then the other one's like, no, it's fine. You don't have to wipe mine. It's because, you know, my, my significant other has been wiped constantly. And, you know, I think I'm just going to try to make him stronger this time. I'm going to try <laughs> to have him, like, have a stronger personality this time. Is it really something that you can do to people that you would just manipulate them like that? There's just a lot of cruelty and a lot of indulgence that happens even though like you know these things are machines or androids maybe humanity wasn't all that great (laughs) (laughs) them trying to be humans maybe not a great thing i like the gameplay a lot very actiony you have a you control this character whose name uh is yorha uh number two unit type b abbreviated as 2b as in not to be. Maybe. Oh, is this like a Hamlet kind of thing going on? Oh my god. And it's just and you have a partner who's named 9S. I don't know any anything clever about that one. Ninus. Ninus. Nines. Well there yeah, he he does say something like, Hey, so you know a lot of my friends call me nines. Yeah, and yeah, because it's nine S. Yeah, you can so you can call me nines too. And it's like, oh, what are we friends? Is that what you're saying? And so and I then, gotta have to be friends with you now. And then and then and then two uh, B says, well, uh, emotions aren't permitted. Kind of goes through the whole spectrum of like humanity, though, in the sense of like not only just like the bad parts, but some of the good parts too. Some of them, <laughs> compassion and. Such. What's interesting is that this game has multiple endings. It has 26 in total, one for every letter. So you get like an A through Z endings. 
and only really five of them matter. The rest of them, uh, endings A through E are the only ones that matter because those are the actual serve as some sort of conclusion to the stories. And re whereas the rest of them are just kind of joke endings. <laughs> so well, it's just like, oh, you act you got yourself killed here or you ran away from like an important mission in this part of the story. So like, and you get a bad ending now. It's like a choose your own adventure thing. It's funny because um because when when you get a bad ending the the credits scroll really quickly <laughs> and it's like and it's just like yep it's the end <laughs> and yeah I, I appreciated that the final message is what is our legacy what are we going to leave behind and would it be pointless if we left anything behind so a bit of backstory beforehand I've played a little bit of this this person's games before. I've only I played a little bit of Drakengard 3. So when I heard that, oh, it's the same writer. And also I I I know of uh of one tidbit of information from the original Nier uh video game which is that one of the endings deletes all of your save files. <laughs> it gets rid of everything. So it's like, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. The game that I played, Drakengard 3, had a very interesting meta type of narrative going on that I was intrigued by because initially I thought it was just a really stupid looking revenge type of story to the game. But then when it gets, when it gets to the actual re revenge part, it gets into an interesting place. And I thought it was... And I thought it was really intriguing. And I would have played more of it, but unfortunately, I had a very limited amount of time with that game. So this one, I was kind of expecting, oh man, is, is am I going to, like, if I get one of the endings to these games, am I going to have to sacrifice, like, all my saves? <laughs> and this is kind of, like, the point where it, like, kind of segs into gameplay, because... Like, there's, like, a lot of hacking and slashing with swords and stuff, and you can throw it at people. It floats on your back and stuff because you have robot stuff. Magnets. That. Magnets doing that. And then... But there's also, like, a secondary portion where if you if you decide to, like, try to hack into machines and stuff, then you get to play a minigame. Uh, have you ever played Toho or, like, Ikaruga? Or, okay, so it's like a, it's like a twin... <laughs> it's called the Twin Stick Shooter essentially in this case because um what happens is that you are this like little icon and that and you're trying to shoot this other icon but that other icon is shooting hundreds of like bullets at you and you have to dodge all of them while keeping track of your own shots and trying to kill it it seamlessly switches in between regular open world people fighting each other with swords and then goes into like this mini game where you're controlling this little digital thing shooting other digital things and thought that was neat that gets used in the um in the final ending i guess where you fight the credits <laughs> oh. sort of like um uh, super smash brothers right Isn't yeah in the, in the very similar vein to super smash uh, smash brothers but it's but it's more like everything has been so depressing so far <laughs> like everything has been ending so horribly for everyone that you want to fight <laughs> the creators of this game are like making such such depressing outcomes for these people you're like no we we have to earn this 
this ending so then our characters can be happy, can be satisfied with whatever, or yeah. It was a very emotional moment because during the credits, you get to a part where it becomes basically impossible to like get past because the Square Enix logo comes in and then starts <laughs> shooting just a million bullets at once and you and it's almost impossible to dodge everything and you're just like, oh my god, I can't do this. And then when you die, it's like asking you these questions like, do you think games are silly now? <laughs> Why'd you just give up, huh? And then you get like these quotes from people all around the world. Don't give up. You gotta, you gotta earn it. We're here to help. And then all these people coming in, like all these other like icons, like coming in to help you shoot down everything. And it's really emotional because like during the credits, the theme song plays and the theme song is transitions between the Japanese lyrics to the English lyrics to I think the French lyrics. And then when it all comes together, the people all around the world are helping you. It becomes like this chorus. It was really beautiful. And I was and I was like crying through it. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. We can give these people a happy ending. I got really emotional during it. It was a really perfect way to end the game uh, for me because at the end it was, it just asks you like, are you willing to make the same sacrifices that these people who've helped you have made, which is that you have to sacrifice your save files in order to, like, <laughs> send your message across. And you're like, no. <laughs> so I said yes. I said yes. There's a lot of uh, metaphors, I guess, that are pretty obvious. Like, the characters that you play as, they all wear blindfolds. But, like, they serve as, like, visors. Oh, here's your health. Uh, I don't know. Here's your map that you can keep track of where you are and stuff like that. And then, like... If you, like, can take it off, then, it, like, it goes away. It's pretty interesting. There's quite a few characters that show up in this that have names of, like, philosophers. Like, uh, Pascal and Jean-Paul something. Sartre? Yeah. But they, uh, but apparently they couldn't get the name Sartre, because apparently <laughs> that's copyrighted for some reason. <laughs> so they could, they just call him Jean-Paul. And their, the, their storylines are connected a little bit to the philosophies of those characters or of those uh, writers, authors. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite lines ever comes from this game. This one character says, well, that was embarrassing. And then the other character says, life is just a constant stream of embarrassment. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It was good. All right. So are we ready to rank? Yep. We are. Okay. All right. So what? Your first was the dragon, dragon tails, right? Um, dragon maid. Yeah. Maid dragon. Uh, let's put that. Uh, uh, what about like a number 40? Hold on. Or maybe, yeah, 40. Need to. Okay, Above here's... Sully, below Before Midnight. Where is it? Um, 40. Alright. Yeah, sure, okay. I can. Okay. I can accept that. Alright. Now. The boss. The boss. 
about <laughs> above Now you see me too. At 57. Sounds good. Okay. Alright, so John Jean Wick. Right. Jean Wick, not uh, Jean Duck. What about twenty in between Pete's Dragon and Bungo Stray Dogs? Okay, sure. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh my god. <laughs> I just remembered now. I mean, right. And it has to go above Supergirl because it's better than Supergirl. So. It's better than Supergirl? Alright. Is it better than Frequency? Yes. Okay. Is it better than The Good Place? No. Okay, well then I'll just I'll just put it above uh, what was it? Frequency then, yeah? Sure. Both time travelies. Above frequency and under new game. Alright. And then And what's this called again? Uh near automata. Mm, about number five. Okay, sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Sounded good. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever recommend it to you. Cause it's... Like, I wouldn't play it. Yeah. I'll <laughs> see the Tom Cruise movie that gets made. <laughs> right. I mean, it's very, like, heavy on on the gameplay. Generally, in, game, in games, you have to keep track of, like, maybe ten things at once. In, like, regular video games where you do action stuff. But this one keeps makes you keep track of like maybe eighteen things or sixteen things. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a bit complicated even for me. So yeah. Yeah. But I had a lot of uh but it was a good ride for that one. I don't know if I would ever play it again now because I kinda of deleted everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you always have that feeling that you had. So, so. Uh -huh. You can follow me at Pop Culture Loser on Twitter. And you can follow me at Declining Prod on Twitter. And maybe, you know, rate and subscribe. Yeah. Comment if you want. Well, there's no comments, right? Yeah, there's comments. There's like reviews. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I said rate review, didn't I? Yeah. I don't know if the website would give comments, though. I don't know. I never checked. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Maybe we'll do like a special episode. Maybe we'll review something about 